the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. I'll tell you what. It's been interesting. You know, the past uh, few years, I think, have been the most interesting years of my, actually of my entire life. It's unbelievable how much stuff is changing. And the change is it's just mind-boggling. Uh, the... Uh, uh, I think Warren Buffett was talking about in his autobiography, or not his authorized biography. Uh, they called it Snowball. And he was talking about the snowball at the beginning, at the top of the hill. It's very small, and then as it keeps rolling down, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, that's just what life is like in general for a lot of us, I think. And uh, he was talking about um, mostly his net worth, <laughs> which is, yeah, I I can see how that happens. And, um, but anyway, it's just weird that that kind of just popped up into my mind. So I want to talk to you about what we're going to be uh, talking about today on today's show. And I also want to let you know, uh, the show is pre-recorded. So if you have a question, you can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com and contact me there. Just reach out, I'll get back to you as quick as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, so yeah. That's basically it. Or you can call us at 330-664-0700, 330-664-0700. And we'll be, you know, just leave a message if, if nobody picks up, and which is fairly rare, but it does happen if everybody's on the phone at the same time. That's typically why we're not picking up. So just leave us a message and we will give you a call right back. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I go through the same things I've gone through since I started in the, in this industry over 30 years ago. And we all do. Uh, anybody that's been in it for that length of time re- recognizes that there are patterns. Uh, the patterns aren't exact. Uh, I forget what the saying is. History doesn't repeat itself exactly or never mind. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> the uh, It just never comes out this exact same way, but there are a lot of things that you need to know, especially in today's environment. There's some things that you probably need to know if you're going to be successful in your investing. And and now it's more important than ever that you are a good investor. And let me explain that. Interest rates are incredibly low and highly unlikely 
to go up a lot anytime real soon. So they're really low, unlikely to go higher anytime soon. Why, why should that be so challenging? Well, because when most people get to a certain age and they want to start slowing down and they don't want to maybe they're going to go into retirement, they, they were counting. You could count on CDs back in the day, you know, that were going to be five, six, seven. I remember when they were oh, 15%, you know, I hate even saying that. Because every time I do, somebody who's close to 100 also remembers that. <laughs> and I am not close to 100. But the reason that they were remember that is that they were getting huge amounts of interest. Well, those, those days are gone. I mean, that's when they say it's different this time, that's what's really different this time. And so you've got uh, a situation where interest rates are super low, unlikely to go up real soon. You've got a stock market whose valuations are not undervalued by any stretch of the imagination. Given the current interest rate environment, they're, they're fine. Uh, and I think it's probably your best place if you're going to make any money. You need to put together a pretty you know, diversified portfolio. We'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. But the, the bottom line is now you've got the stock market, um, the short-term bonds are there just for protection, just for safety. Hopefully you're not putting them in something that sounded really good, but was really risky and what was covering the risk up somehow and was attracting people through the uh, income that it was distributing, you know, whether it's dividend or interest income, you got to look into it. If, if something's paying more than 2% today, there's risk there. And I can't believe I'm saying that something above 2% has risk. And that's the reality. And probably the hardest part of my job these days is when I say that it, you know, it's not what people want to hear. So it falls on kind of deaf ears. And, and I'm sure I've got a bunch of people perking up going, Hey, wait a minute. I thought the, uh, you know, you're talking about the nationwide product. Yes, it does have guarantees higher than that. I was talking about CDs, government bonds, high quality corporate bonds, the super liquid, super safe stuff. Those are the ones with the rates that are really, 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 really low. And if you've got to go above 2% in those categories, you're going to be taking risk to the principal. In other words, the companies that are offering to pay that stuff may not be in great financial shape. And if we ever get another really bad recession, you know, it could hurt it. And I can't imagine getting a recession harder than this, the pandemic recession. That was, that was fast and furious, you know, that unbelievable and uh what's what's really fascinating about it is you know the fed came up and basically them in the banking system they saved the day they really did and it's it's not a political thing it's a money thing that's what they do and they're non-partisan um, by the way so or at least they're supposed to be but the um so they're trying to make and, and by the way, everybody knows that the stronger your economy is, the better the stock markets do, better financial markets do, people live better lives. Uh, when, when you can go out and afford to get a car, live in a, a nice place, have food, yeah, shelter, that, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And so that's what they're trying to protect. And they are, they're, doing it, they're doing a good job. They're doing a, a masterful job, actually. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of experience with it now that the Fed really didn't have a whole lot of power until the 1900s. Yeah, so that's not that long ago that they were really 
doing much. And uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that they'll step back up. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, we've been talking about a little bit in the future uh, about what might happen in the future. And now it's starting to come to fruition. The Social Security payments went up over 5%, first time in decades that you got a 5% increase in Social Security in one year. So what does that tell you? Well, it just tells you that inflation is here for all kinds of reasons. Pandemic being the uh, the catalyst to this inflationary rate because everything's slowed down. People, companies have had to raise prices to uh, be able to cover their expenses under a much slower economy. Some of them are just have products that are just in so much demand that uh, in order to expand, they've got to raise prices to raise the money to, to build the new plants. That's just how it kind of works. And is that going to go away? I, probably not. So what do you do about that? Well, same thing you do when there are different condi- conditions. You know, your uh, action should kind of take into account that there's going to be inflation and you're going to need some money for that. Right now, that's going to be stock funds in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and then you've got fixed products, fixed indexed, which we've only been talking about here for about two years now, which you know, for years and years and years, I didn't talk about it because the products I didn't think were as competitive as what you could get outside of there. Now they are. So that's changed. And there are a ton of different of kinds of those products. So that, you got to be really careful with that. I've got a couple that I like a lot. Actually, one's a fixed index. The other is an investment only. And that, that is highly unusual, by the way. There aren't very many of those, the investment only annuity products. They're a collection of mutual funds, not unlike a 401k, except that they have over 300 options. And you know, Fidelity, Vanguard, T. Rowe Price are participating in the ones that I use along with a whole bunch of other companies. And some of the companies that are in there, you have to have a million dollars just to have one account with, you know, you've got to have a million dollars for that one account. I mean, so your net worth would probably be somewhere on a hundred million. The, uh, and they're available inside this product. That's kind of cool. You don't, I think the minimum is 15,000 bucks. So, uh, pretty good, really good. If you're, in an area where you're get, when you're within 10 years of retirement, that's when you have to really start thinking about these things, like the amount of risk that you're taking, uh, how much, how could that impact you? And, you know, if the market were to go down by 50%, which has happened multiple times during my lifetime, yeah, Warren Buffett's been down 50% four times in his lifetime. He's, you know, one of the richest people that ever lived, definitely the most successful investor. So if he cannot avoid that, what do you think the chances of you avoiding it are? So, and and by the way, you can avoid it. Okay. You can put your money into short-term bonds and it's not going to make a lot of money today, but it won't drop 50% like stocks will. So the the key there, the answer is to not uh, put a hundred percent of your money into stock funds. So, you know, to try to avoid one of those huge declines that takes an incredibly long time to recover from in most cases. This last one wasn't nearly as bad. It recovered pretty quickly. Some of the other categories that had been lagging and had been underperforming have actually snapped back into gear for some reason. That's another thing. I'm going to have to do 
a whole show on why watching the news is not a good way to manage your money. It's, it's a horrible way. If, if you don't already know that, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people think that, oh, yeah, I got this all figured out. The, uh, just, I'm going to watch the news or, or I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to Google this stuff. I'll go to one of the financial site, websites online. You know, if it were that easy, I wish it were that easy. Because then I could actually do what I'd really like to do for a living and work at Lowe's. <laughs> I can't afford to work at Lowe's. So I'm stuck in my job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, if it, were, if it were that easy, I would be able to, you know, we, we all, it, life would be wonderful. And, uh, and it, so it's not. And one of the things that's really tough about investing is it just doesn't seem to make sense in the short run. That's why guaranteed products are so popular because people desire, they have this huge, and, and it varies depending on the individual, but some people have an enormous need for um, safety and for guarantees. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you may not make as much money as the people who are willing to take risk. In fact, I'm going to tell you, if you've got a 20 year time period, you probably won't. You probably won't make as much money as someone who has a, a well-diversified stock account. But if your uh, personality is like, hey, I don't care. I just want the fix. Then you know what? That's how you should invest. Because you'll be more successful that way. Should you try to diversify into some of the areas that might scare you? Probably. you know, Because from a financial standpoint, especially in today's environment, you don't have a whole lot of choice. And there are ways of, of doing it that if you're going to put up with the volatility, you might as well get the, you know, the biggest bang for your buck. That, that's another thing I see a lot is people stick, stick their toes into the water. They, they buy something because it sounds like it's, it's going to be a lot safer. And then they find out that it's not much safer, <laughs> that it, it fluctuates just like the more aggressive ones and maybe a little bit less, but not enough for them to notice. I mean, here's the deal. Let's say you've got two funds. One of them's down 40%. The other one's down 50%. Is that a big deal? Not to the people that are down 40 or 50%. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, I just got, a, got the nod that I've only got about uh, one minute before I have to take a real quick, quick commercial break. So I'll take advantage of this time just to say, hey, if you hear anything that you have questions on and you would like to see more information on it, feel free to give me a call. Next, when we come back from these commercial breaks, I'll talk about kind of specific models that have uh, from the super conservative up to the more aggressive ones that you could invest in. Uh, and uh, now that I hear the music, that means I got to I got to run. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'll be back after these messages. So 
that note, I'll just fade right in. <laughs> Help is on the way. You know, um, and it's just fascinating, I think, being in the position that I'm in. I get to see so much. I get to watch so much. I get to ask a lot of questions to a lot of really intelligent people. Uh, I get to work with the general public and try to be as much help as I possibly can. Uh, and uh, it's just a really nice feeling to be able to do that. It's also very challenging because things, especially today, I mean, more than any other time in my career, when I first started in the industry, if you didn't want to be in, in stocks, we could get a 10% CD, no sweat, no problem, 10% CD. And I think two thirds of the, the transactions that went on in the firm that I was working for were fixed income. There were bonds and the bond market was literally four times larger than the stock market was. Because people like that sense of security. That's one of the reasons I've been talking about these annuities. And I've got some people, some pure stock adrenaline junkie type people. I'm just kidding. The, um, but a lot of people want to hear just about stocks. And, you know, and I talked a lot more about that earlier. Uh, let me tell you something. There are a couple of reasons that I'm, I'm not spending as much time on them. But I'm going to. I'll, the last 15 minutes of, of today's show, we're going to talk just stocks. So stay tuned and we'll... we'll get there. But the reason I don't spend as much time about, uh, with that is you've got these firms, they're, they're called high frequency trading firms. Uh, they're numerous now and they measured their transaction speed in milliseconds. Okay. That's one millionth of a second. So that's what you're competing against. You're competing against computers who have their uh, big servers sitting just outside of the exchange and that's what's really crazy. They've got fiber optic, but instead of putting the offices somewhere where it's cheaper, they're taking up office space right next to the exchange so that they can improve on that millionth of a second execution. <laughs> so that's what your competition is. It, I would, that was hard when it was easy, and now I don't think it's, it's something that you should do at all. Most of your funds that are out there today, the vast majority, of, there are more assets in funds that are run by mathematical formulas and computers, then there are people who are picking stocks. That's kind of a big deal um, because it, it changes the way that, that stocks behave. And they're behaving a lot more like the models. And I personally, I think this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You used to see all these models that people would say, hey, look, if you do this, this is what you should get. And then you would do it and, and it didn't come out the same. And actually, it was nowhere near the same. And... So you looked at those models and went, wow, I can't invest like that. That's, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm getting something else. Yes, that's probably going to happen. And by the way, there are lots and lots of reasons for that. But what I'm saying is that it's gotten more like it was uh, the academics were saying it was supposed to be like. It's gotten more like that over the years. So it's just important that you look, uh, that you kind of understand. And if you don't want to spend the time, just find an advisor. Um, there are a lot of good ones out there. And that's. One of the things that, that is kind of uh, perplexing about my business is I know a ton of advisors who are really good. I mean, they're really good. And we all have the same issues. Um, clients don't want to listen. <laughs> they, uh, they, they want us to, to come uh, and do something that probably shouldn't be doing. So what is that? Well, too much movement. One of, one of the things about the, the more modern investing environment is when you read through the prospectus, which I know nobody does, but 
assuming you're, you're a nerd like me and you're going to read through the perspectives and you're going to find out what they're doing with the money because it's important to know what they're doing with the money uh, when you're in investing in stock funds and uh, if you're or any fund for that matter but it's really important and then it's kind of important that you understand that every style of investing has a um, has its pros and cons they've got strong points some points the weak points that you don't like those are basically the, the tendency to go down because they're still stocks but uh, over the long run and long runs five years or longer over the long run those types of funds that those characteristics like say one of the ones I like to see is a profitability some measure of profitability and it's just common sense to me first of all if you use that to screen funds what you're going to find is that those funds that are using profitability have really good long-term track records really good and what you'll also find is that they have a tendency to be slightly less volatile but more importantly if you know that that fund is looking for companies that are generating decent profits and have had a history of generating decent profits and are still generating decent profits, the odds of that stock just increase of going up, just increase fairly significantly, especially over long time periods. So I would think that that makes sense and it does, but you know, it's a lot of work reading these things and then you invest in it and it starts moving and the correlation between it and other funds is probably 80% or better. And it's that little 20% there that you're hoping shows up one day. That's the reason that you pick that fund. But uh, most of the time it's going to move kind of in line with the way that the S&P 500 moves. And eventually if those characteristics like profit are still meaningful, which I'm pretty sure they're going to be, eventually you, you tend to get paid. So anyway, Long story short, doing the right thing is not easy. That should make you feel better. Uh, because if it's not easy, that means the competition for those people in that top 25% uh, is a lot less. Because it's really hard to get in there anyway. So I feel like uh, all I'm doing is coaching. And, and all you guys would like to do is uh, have me tell you which stock's going to save your, your hide for you know that one stock portfolio. <laughs> The, uh, I see that stuff too. I read it all the time. It's just not true. But the, the good news is we've got rapid economic growth in this country. It's rapid. The kind of uh, uh, the, the challenge is that prices are rising. I don't know if you've you know been watching what you're spending at the grocery store. It's probably gone up quite a bit, especially if you have kids. So, uh, or even if you don't, I mean, everybody, prices have gone up. The Social Security is going to go up this year over 5%. You know, that's the largest increase they've had in a couple of decades. And I'm sure a lot of people on Social Security are going, uh, great, that's awesome. And I'm sure a lot of people who are, are getting near Social Security are going, hey, wait a minute, they're raising a 5%. I thought they said they, you know, they weren't going to have the money to pay me. Well, they like to say that kind of stuff. By the way, they have the ability to pay you uh, on Social Security. That, that's one of the things about having a... Um, a federal bank, they can actually print more money, uh, which means that you know there will be actually additional inflation. And uh, it, you got to prepare for that. That's why it's important to have an, a well-diversified portfolio. And today, it, what I really think you're down to is you're going to be down to stocks, stock funds. They're the investment-only annuity products that 
can give you uh, have a chance for higher growth down the road. I'll come back to that in just a second. And then you've got the fixed indexed for a portion of your fixed income. And then you have the traditional models. You know, I'm going to stocks and bonds. So those are really, in my mind, the, the better options to be considering right now. They're fixed indexed. They're the investment only. And there are the traditional, you know, get well diversified. Uh, if you do what I do, I, I try to overweight one or two industries that I think are going to do better. If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you've heard me talk about the semiconductor model, the healthcare model that we add to the accounts of people who request it. Um, why do I say that? Well, because I, it's not appropriate for everyone because those are more aggressive, but it's not like gambling. Okay. It's actually, there are several hundred companies in each one of those models. So they're, they're diversified. They're just in industries that are kind of specific to that industry or companies that are specific to that industry. And, uh, it makes it a little bit, actually, yeah, it makes it a little bit more volatile. It's like an aggressive growth fund, I guess. So anyway, given putting those options in there, having that available, I think is, is important. I love it. You know, I have it. I have everything I talk about here, by the way. So let's see, but my percentages are going to be different. They're different from year to year. Um, and that's kind of what you, the path you need to get on is not a complicated one. I know everything I talk about here, uh, probably confuses an awful lot of people. So, uh, um, I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. The, uh, when you are preparing for retirement or preparing to start to take income, there are some numbers you should probably kind of stick to. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about the 4% rule. That's, you know, College for Financial Planning has been teaching that for uh, I don't know how long. It's been a long time. So what is that rule? It's, well, you probably should stick to taking 4% of your principal uh, on the original date when you retire. Okay, so if you're 65 and that's when you're going to quit, or if you're 67 or 70, whatever it is, add up all your savings and then multiply it by 0.04. And that's what you should stick your spending to that first year. Why so low? Well, I think it's kind of high actually because CDs aren't paying 4%. But a lot of people go, well, why, why is that so low? It's because you're going to have to increase that over time to keep up with inflation. So if you started out much higher than that over the past hundred years or so, then that, when that, all the data was gathered and they tested this model, if you went back over the past hundred years, that would have made it 95% of the time you'd have made it in a, uh, for over 30 years. So that, that's kind of a big deal. Average retirements right around 20 years. Uh, it's been increasing over time because people are, are actually getting healthier uh, even though the, uh, whatchamacallit, the um, uh, average life expectancy is not, it's actually gone down in the past several years, but not a lot. But once you make it to like an age of 65, the odds of you living another 20 years increase fairly significantly. So what am I saying? The older you get, the more likely it is you're going to live longer. <laughs> so just making it, it's kind of a big deal. That's why this kind of planning is so important. When you're young, you need to know what that number is. Okay, what does that number for me? It just, it doesn't have to be exact. Okay, and, and that's one of the problems I see with my industry is they make everything so complicated. And their idea is, is catching your attention 
not helping you. It's a big difference between catching someone's attention and trying to do something to help. And uh, it, it's tiring. It's fatiguing. I get it. I, I'm reading a lot of stuff that I, I probably don't like to read or don't want to read, but I have to read it because I know my clients are reading it and they're going to ask about it. And I've already looked at the headline and go, yeah, that's not going to be a, that's not an issue. And, but that's my thinking process. Other people are different. You know, should I be, should I buy long-term care insurance? Well, and, and, and by the way, I know I'm, I'm taking conversations from conversations I've had recently with clients. I do that a lot. I never named the client, but the issues, uh, I know if they're thinking about it, there are an awful lot of other people who are also thinking about it. So that's where I came up with this. Uh, somebody is looking at, you know, long-term care insurance. Oh, that's really expensive. The, uh, yeah, but so is a nursing home. What are the chances that you end up in a, in a nursing facility? Well, I think it's about one out of two for every person that makes to age 65. So do you want to insure that or do you want to self-insure and just say, well, you know, I'll just, I'll use my, I won't be needing my social security or my pension because I'll be in a nursing home. So I'll just have that go to the payments and, uh, whatever is, whatever that doesn't cover, I'll just take out of my savings. That's self-insured. Which way should I go? Well, you have to know whether or not you're actually going to go into a nursing home to get the, that answer right the, uh, for the vast majority of people. And, uh, and again, it's different for everybody. Um, there's no right answer for this. There's the answer that's right for you. If you feel like that's something that you really need to do, then you should, by all means, you know, go ahead and do that. You know, if you had parents who lived into their 90s and, and all of them were uh, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. You know, actually, I remember, I think five of my great-grandparents were still alive when I was born. In, uh, and in fact, I was 18 when the first one passed away. Think about that for a second. The, uh, yes, I know everybody's doing the math in their heads. That means roughly every 20 years there was <laughs> that they were having children. So, uh, um, but anyway, it, most of them, oh, hear the music. Sorry about that. I'll have to finish that thought when we come back. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Wow, thanks for listening, everybody. I feel kind of bad. Sometimes I get off on these uh, tangents. A lot of this stuff is really not as complicated as it seems. You get a really good diversified stock portfolio. On, it makes up a fairly significant portion of your total assets. You can use some of the investment-only annuity products I was talking about. Those are, in my mind, that's one of the greatest innovations that's come out in the last 30 years. Okay, Greatest innovations in the last 30 years. Why? Because there's no sales charge in, there's no sales charge out. Okay, That's one of the reasons. Huge selection of funds. Gives you a good hedge against inflation. Now, you're going to see the fluctuation because you're investing directly in the funds. Okay, And it's like a giant 401k plan. Um, you've got all these various options. It lowers your taxes. There are riders that you can put on it to protect your income. Because ultimately, isn't that what we're really investing for? So that at some point in time, we can start to tap those assets and take an income when we're too tired to work anymore. Okay, That's a big deal. Because you can't get that with the mutual fund. It doesn't exist. Yeah, they also have, you can, if you're, concerned about beneficiaries, you know, your family, you want to leave a legacy, you can add another writer. And writers, by the way, are little insurance policies. And I see you can't do this with a mutual fund, but you can do it with these funds because they're inside of a investment-only annuity with extremely low expenses. So you can add another writer if you'd like to that says, yeah, I, I want to try to make money in stocks. I like to try to grow my uh, estate as much as possible. But I don't want my family to suffer. I want them to inherit what I've worked so hard to accumulate. So I'd like to take a uh, add a rider to that policy that guarantees a minimum uh, to my family. The most popular ones are you can't get back less than whatever you've invested. So if you invested, the market crashed, and your, your market was down 50%, your investments were down 50%, and you read the statement, had a heart attack, and died, they would pay your family back 100% of what you've invested. Pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah, and so those are extremely flexible. You can kind of set them up. Now, they don't have quite as high of a guarantee payout than the fixed index products do. The fixed index products have a much higher guarantee um, to start off with. The fixed index, the, the cost of that is that the internal expenses are a lot higher, so there's a pretty good chance the investments are not going to keep up with the investment-only product. So people, well, which one should I do? Uh, well, actually, probably both. You know, Realistically, you should probably do both for the vast majority of people, but not everybody. Like I said, you, we're not allowed to give out blanket advice saying, oh, yeah, this is good for everybody. That That's actually... You know, against the rules of being a fiduciary. You've got to sit down and talk with someone, talk about your situation. It's what I spend almost all my time doing is talking about situations. What do I think would be work well? Let me share the resources. What, how do you feel about risk? How does your wife feel about risk? That's really important too. And if you, you know, I've seen a lot of arguments over that. Anyway, those products are really good, but they may not be for you. You might be just a pure stock fund person, and that's fine. You know, if, if, if you've worked really hard, you're, you're, up, you're retired, you've got a pension that covers more than your living expenses, and you just want to try to maximize the gains 
uh, as inexpensively as possible, then yes, uh, by all means, use an all-stock portfolio, overweight my semiconductor healthcare model. By the way, if you want a copy of that, I can, I can, if you email me, I can contact you back. As long as we've had a conversation, I can send that out to you. Okay. I can't just send it out. I can't blast it out to the entire public. Uh, you actually, I, I really have to talk with someone, even if it's only for two minutes. Um, there's a, uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, you know what the real reason is? Two doggone many lawyers in this country. That's what the real reason is. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, the healthcare semiconductor model, it's, uh, you know, we've talked about that for a long time. If you're a stock person, if you wanted to be more aggressive in your stocks, but you wanted to be intelligently aggressive, there's a big difference between being aggressive and intelligently aggressive. I want to be intelligently aggressive. The, um, then by all means, that is something you should probably take a look at. And again, just hit me up, send me an email. I'll call you back. The, uh, we can actually interact on email two or three times. I just have to ask a couple questions. And then I can send out that, that model so you can take a look at it and see what I'm talking about. It's done very, the bottom line is it's done very well. So in the realm of all possibilities, all things are possible. Um, you don't want to tie yourself down. I don't think to one particular item. Normally it's a combination of the three and that's really going to, of those three items that will basically do everything or anything that you need them to do. And the only Items that aren't covered in there are these private equity type things, the things I probably lost money on with uh, Boxable. I haven't heard back from them since I sent them my check. <laughs> I've taken it back. I, they, they confirmed that they received the check and the check they clear. So uh, uh, they're not public yet. So there's no way of checking on it. But um, And that is like the what you when, when you draw the risk pyramid, uh, it's in a cloud passing over the top of the pyramid. <laughs> That's how risky that was. So I didn't put a ton of money in it, but I thought it'd be fun. And eventually, if they do go public, then I'll get a discount uh, on the um, purchase of the shares. That's kind of how that works. You know, you know. If you, again, if you want more information on stuff like that, you can feel free to drop me a line. It's not a big deal. But uh, so the last few minutes, I thought I would talk about the individual stocks and I kind of, you know, I don't do a ton of individual stocks anymore. It's less than 20% of my net worth. Uh, so and the only reason I do it is, is I think it's fun. Um, I used to do it all the time and actually it was a huge part of my, um, I guess the, the learning process and a lot of large part of my business for a long time. Today, there are funds that are doing stuff that are extremely similar to this. And they've got ex excellent track records. So, and I own several of those funds in each of the portfolios um, that I manage and, and personally. So this is literally just a hobby. Understand? <laughs> because I, I get some people that'll call and say, I, I want you to do that for me. Well, I can't. It, it requires way too much time and attention. This is something that you have to learn how to do yourself. The good news is it's not that hard. It's actually pretty simple. It, you, if you uh, screen the stocks for those that are going up the fastest, you buy the ones you like, you follow those rules that are on Lookout for the Bulls website. How much do you buy? Where do you put your stops, you know, trailing stops? It's all explained there. And so I thought I would go in and talk today about uh, the list that I just, I, I ran. And this was run yesterday. Uh, it's actually updating right now as we speak. There's a, a company called Plug Power Technology. The, the symbol is Plug, P-L-U-G. The reason I'm calling that one out 
is I have, I know I've seen this in clients' accounts. See, that's, that's the thing at, at my firm. You can actually have an account that you manage, okay, that we're not billing on. It's called a self-directed account. And uh, we do all those through Fidelity, by the way. The, uh, you can run it. I can show you what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. If you want the daily list, Mike publishes that. I think it's 12 bucks or something like that a month. And I'm picking from that list. That's where I'm picking these stocks from. So that's where Plug Power came from. And again, the symbol is PLUG. And the, the thing I like about Plug Power is the chart. This is basically just pattern recognition. That's all we're doing. And over time, if you listen to this radio show often enough, you'll hear me talking about companies and the patterns. Uh, Realogy Holdings, it's a real estate company. I'm assuming it's probably an online realtor. I don't even know. I just know that yesterday's chart pattern looks really good. It's got a very low price to sales ratio, which I also like to see. Price to sales is kind of like price per square yard and carpet or price per square foot in a house. Um, lower is better. Higher is more expensive. So if you're going to pay a lot for a stock, then it you better hope the company's growing really fast to basically um, justify that. Now this is this is a funny one. This one would have gotten you stopped out the last time it uh, broke out. It's Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, actually, no. Yeah, it would have stopped you out. And uh, it came back up on the scan yesterday. Uh, so I'm kind of a, a fan of that company. Its valuation's not super cheap, but it's about half of the long-term average of that industry before Amazon showed up. Amazon's, <laughs> Amazon drove down the profit margins of, of most retailers, uh, of a lot of retailers anyway. Not all of them. Uh, in fact, sometimes Amazon's a little bit more expensive. So anyway, those are a uh, couple charts that I, I just going through very quickly, I was noticing. The other thing that I noticed is that there are a ton of companies that are, have been coming up through the scans. That's normally not that way. So, especially during this time of year. So, it's a little stronger than it should be uh, at this point in time. That doesn't really mean anything. That could change tomorrow. It's just an observation of what's going on right now. Which is also uh, something that, you know, when you're doing all this planning, whether it's um, fixed index, whether it's investment only, whether it's traditional accounts or you're, you're buying individual stocks, the, uh, you need to keep in mind what's happening right now, uh, what do you see right now, and what kind of patterns have those things had in, in history. They're not going to match up exactly, uh, and you have to understand that too. But if you've got a good framework for where we are, like I would say economically things are going much better than expected at this time. The uh, inflation rate is picking up. That's a little worrisome because uh, you get higher inflation. Normally it means higher interest rates, but I don't think they're, they're going to do it, especially if you read anything that uh, Powell has to say, chairman of the Fed. He's not a big fan of raising interest rates a lot anytime soon. They wouldn't have to raise them a ton to see the market come down. By the way, the uh, market hasn't had a, a drop now in, in over a year or so of, of more than 10%. That's a little unusual. Okay, that is a little unusual. So I would really take a look at where you are today, how much risk you're taking. By the way, you can, um, if you want to talk to me about that, there's an introductory meeting that, that we don't charge for. 
in most of the stuff we typically charge to manage the assets and to be a counselor on an ongoing basis. That's what, that's what we charge our fees for. We don't have the only thing that pays a commission is one of the annuity products. And I disclose that openly. It's not a, uh, uh, and again, I, I wouldn't use it if I didn't think that it was a good idea and I wouldn't have invested in it myself. But, uh, so again, if you've got a phone call question or comment, you know, now you can call me at three, three Oh, six, six, four, zero, seven hundred. Um, feel free to, to use that number or bill at bullingtoncapital.com. My website is bullingtoncapital.com and you can catch that there too. These shows are actually uh, on iHeartRadio if you want, or you can go to Apple uh, iTunes where you get your, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you look for the Bullington Capital Report, it'll be there. And feel free to send me some um, topics that you think you'd like me to talk about. I'm, I'm more than glad to entertain uh, any ideas out there. And uh, to all those people at our uh, loyal listeners, thank you very much. I, I think I'm, I'm working on a deal to get a an old Browns helmet that was sold that was signed by a couple of the uh, uh, classic All Pro players that they've had there, and uh, we might do a, a little giveaway on that. So um, stay tuned for that. That that'll be something that uh, you know will be live on one of the live shows. And typically, we're live about every every third weekend. Uh, so. Stay tuned for that too. And I'm, oh, I hear the music. That means <laughs> the show's definitely over. I was going to say, I'm working on a, on a little booklet that I'm going to uh, make available to people that they can go on and download. So I'll talk more about that next week. Have a good week, everybody. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Have a good weekend and good investing and good luck. <laughs> You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.